Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Bearded Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on this cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you didn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black dude. Holly. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cal Morris. Back, I feel like I was just doing this yesterday because it's crazy. I, I've skipped so many weeks this week. I'm doing three fucking podcasts. Crazy. Um, but tonight, it's a special bonus episode of Yakuza Kick Radio. I got my homie, Jeremy, joining us tonight to uh, talk about his big trip over the weekend. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, man? I'm, I'm excited to talk about this trip. Yeah, man. Definitely want to hear something awesome. about uh, King of the Death Match. They uh, obviously did their big King of the Death Match show, but they also added two other shows to make it a you know a three day event. Exactly, it was definitely felt like it was. My, it felt to me it was my WrestleMania, and I told Ian that at the show because I don't I don't watch WWE. So, and either way, Mid South has always been really my favorite promotion, and not always since ECW and that was no more has been my favorite. And uh, so I, I was just so excited to see not just King of the Death, which I've been going there for a few years, but to get to see regular shows, IWA Mid-South shows, I, I was really pumped for that. So, and they, they did not disappoint. I mean, it was, uh, 
it was the weekend of it was one of my favorite wrestling weekends I've ever experienced live. Let's put it that way. That's awesome. Uh, how long was the trip down there? Because I know you know you just got off I think a sixteen hour trip to the uh, deep south. Uh, how much? How many hours was this one? I would have to say it was at least a good twelve thirteen hours. Yeah. Um, you know, but but again, it was hard for me to track because we stopped so much on this one. We uh, we drove all through the night, the first night, and that was a little tough. That was a gnarly drive. I was exhausted by the end, but just went straight, straight from here to Indiana, and Jesus. that was when yeah we, we pulled up at the hotel, kind of like we did for 2015. We right. just went through the night there. We did sort of the same thing, and it it was nice only because when once we got there, you got to stay a couple of days and unwind, you know. But it was that those turnaround trips where it's just for one show and come right back; those are a little tough. Yeah, that's but, that's I couldn't do that. Just even from a passenger standpoint, I can't imagine from a driving standpoint like you do. Oh man, and you remember the driving through Ohio and Pennsylvania? Whew, those states are tremendously tough. They're just it's just road. That's all. Yeah. There's nothing exciting going on there. There's a road. Straight Yeah, road. they don't end. And <laughs> for me, Pennsylvania, even though it was huge, wasn't as bad because at least it's mountainous and it's got something pretty to look at. Ohio is just yeah. flat and fucking went yeah. on forever. It did, man. It sure did. Yeah. But, you know, it was, it was well worth it, man. It was well worth it. And uh, Ian put on three kick-ass shows. And to me, although, and you are too, so, but I, I love Ian. I got, I got mad respect for him. I feel like Ian Rotten is sort of the unsung uh, mind in, in independent wrestling. And so much of him, so much of Ian Rotten is he's responsible for so much of the WWE. And he, I kind of feel like he doesn't get the credit for being the, the mind that he is because because of the things that people have associated negative with him. So that's the first thing that comes across people's minds. Not this dude was putting on shows like TPI 04 where the, the roster of the show eventually would make up almost the entire pay-per-view events of WWE. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing that I don't think he gets enough credit for, because when you look at the the stacked cards that he's booked over the years, he did it with a a third of the crowd that a lot of these companies are pulling in. Uh, If a third, if that of the actual, you know, uh, payroll or the amount of money that he had to work with some of these companies, these PWGs and these, you know, evolves and the, they have a lot more backing than an IWA show. And, and Ian uses his it. mind to pull things together and still get these dynamite shows booked. You know, yeah. And, yeah. and you mentioned a good one. I mean, PWG, I just was talking to somebody at the shows down in Indiana, and they said that those tickets, they sell out so fast that pretty much the only way you can make it into the show is scalping tickets or finding tickets somehow from a third party, yeah. but they sell out quick. So, yeah, for sure. They right. they run a very small building, so they just sell it out every show. Yeah, absolutely. 
But th- this was great, man. And where we went was Jeffersonville, Indiana, Southern Indiana. Uh, for people to, for free listeners that maybe have never been down there, I mean, it's, it's considered, what it's called is Kentuckiana because it's right across the border from Louisville, Kentucky. And so you Southern Indiana there. And um, I liked it. It's a very blue-collar, working-class area. I like it. I like the people. They're really nice. Everybody, it's just, they're, they're just down-to-earth people down there. But I'll tell you, I mean, I just wish that more people understood that we, we got this guy here, Ian Rotten. We, we have a legend in independent wrestling booking shows that we can go to easily on a Thursday night or on the weekend, too. And, and show him some support. I just feel like when he's when, when Ian's not around anymore or when he doesn't feel like doing this anymore, it's going to really be a big loss to it. And even still, I mean, I, I got a glimpse of some major talent that he, he's found. You know, he, mm-hmm. he has a way of tapping into big talent. And that was one of the things, you know, when you go master and master, it's just that a lot of the names you won't necessarily know, but these kids go hard. And they were they really give a hundred percent in this small little building in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Um, it's just that you just got that feeling that I was watching something very special. Um, I don't think a lot of people really quite grasped that. Aside from the big names, of course, he brought it. You know, I mean, the shows were were, were loaded. I mean, you had Jay Chris and Joey Janela and Mike Elgin and Masada. Jonathan Gresham, Eddie Kingston, but aside from that, I got to look at some of the local guys that Ian's hanging his hat on to be sort of the next crop of Mid-South guys, and uh, I think he's in good shape. I mean, I think there's some some really good kids down there. Yeah, he does, you know, really, really good things. He, He definitely knows what he's doing as far as booking and finding talent and, you know, put it together. So what did the first show look like? That the first show was called In Like a Lion, and that was the Thursday, the Thursday night when we got there, and uh, in the Jeffersonville building. And the first match right off the bat was uh, Five Way, and Devin Moore he had in there. Of course, you know he loves Dev, um, mm-hmm. and Dev really Dev we've seen Dev a lot up here, and uh, I'll tell you Dev is I I really believe he's a lot more motivated down there. I mean I see. I see a different dev down there, just like I see a different Matt Tremont, usually, when he's wrestling for GM. And Dev's impressed me all weekend. I think he did great. He wound up going over in this five-way scramble. It was Devin, and the rest were kind of the younger guys in Mid-South. It was uh, Nick Depp, Zodiac, Justin Storm, and uh, Ray Waddell. And I don't really remember exactly who Dev got the pin on out of that group, but I mm-hmm. remember that match being balls to the wall. It, kids were flying everywhere, and Dev hit the Yakuza kick. Really nice Yakuza kick on somebody. It took a great I, I saw him at Steak and Shake that night, and I was saying to him, man, you hit that Yakuza kick nice. And he's like, oh, that kid took it perfect. But yeah. uh, it really, really was pretty. But uh, great match to start. I mean, just every match on this show kind of took your breath away because they were, they were fast. They were they were fast paced. Nice. So you know, Devin gets the win in that first one. And then mm-hmm. uh 
this, a lot of these early ones were multi-man on this show. Um, the next one was all Mid-South guys. It was Jonathan Wolf defeated Teddy King, Paco, and Spitfire Sage Phillips. I was very impressed with all these kids. I honestly never heard of any of them. And I was very impressed with all of them. You know, I, I, I enjoyed them all. Um, they are hard, hard working, you know, so, and good good physiques. Uh, there's one kid, uh, Teddy King, his, his uh, and it might be condescending to call him kid. If anybody hears that, I'm not trying to be. I just, I'm an, I'm older now, so they're all, these are kids to me, but um, mm-hmm. they call him the bearded baby face, Teddy King. And he really ripped up, boy. This guy had a great look. He reminded me of David Starr in the in the physique, and mm-hmm. he he was he was great. And Sage Phillips was great too. I mean, everybody, they, all these guys were phenomenal. But Jonathan Wolf winds up with the win there. Um, very young guy. And then the next one had a mix of names you know. The the next one was the six man. Um, the first team was legendary Larry D. And, and Larry D is a big guy. I mean, he's all power, this cat. He's, uh-huh. I don't know, he must be 300-some pounds, but he is power. He's not just a big, chubby guy. He's he's built. And mm-hmm. Shane Mercer, which you know Mercer, Mercer is he, he's in fantastic shape. Always yeah, has man. been. And uh, Shane Mercer and Daniel Winchester, and they defeated... Kind of some rock star pro guys. Marcus Everett is a rock star pro guy, really, really good young guy, short guy, uh, Jake Christ. And then you had, rounding out the team, was a, a more of a mid south guy, Cole Radrick. And that yeah, he's good, too. He's very good. Very young, but very good. And Jake Christ impressed the hell out of me this weekend. I mean, he's, you know, I've always, he's, a, he's I mean, come on, it's Jake Christ. I mean, he's a good yeah. worker, but. He did great this weekend, and he went all in. It was nice. It was refreshing to see him in a different environment. And there wasn't so yeah. much of the kissing and all that. Like, uh, the, the route good. was kind of gone, you know? Yeah. It was I, fun. I've always liked him as a wrestler. I think he's absolutely excellent. Um, I, I despise the gimmick. So, I mean, that, you yeah. know, some yeah. of these wrestlers yeah, find the a way for me to dislike them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like I really like what bad. you're doing out there. We'll see what we could do about that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, Dick, I, I think you would have liked this because it was almost as if Ian told him, cut the shit with that so much. Because it wasn't really <laughs> in your face as much as it's been, you know. Yeah. It, it was just more or less Jake Chris doing his thing. I mean, he still came out with the cane and the purple gimmick and stuff like that. But, you know, he kind of took it easy with that, you know. Um, with the love and everybody and stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed him. I thought he did great, and he was on all the shows, and it was, it was nice to see him. But after the match, and I knew he was there because I talked to him before the show, is uh, was Isaiah, and he's coming back to Mid-South, and Isaiah came out to confront Shane Mercer because now, you know, Shane Mercer is, is a heel, and he's with some guys that, you know, Isaiah... I mean, Isaiah came out and said, these, these guys here are not your brothers. I'm your brother. You know, they did a whole angle where Isaiah was saying, come with me. You know, let's, let's, let's just take over this company together. And mm-hmm. Mercer wasn't really having that. So eventually, you know, he went the way of 
uh, we'll, we'll see tomorrow. And then the, the match was booked. Ian came out and booked the match for the next night with Isaiah versus Shane Mercer. And that was a bang-ass match, and I'll, I'll get there to explain that in a second. But sure. um, I, I have nothing... <laughs> I have nothing bad to say about these, man. I love these these shows. I was just, I loved it. The next one was a little disappointing, but it was nobody's fault. It was Big Mike, Michael Elgin, and Masada, and uh, it was short. That's the only reason Masada got Masada hurt his knee quick. Oh and man, he was pretty hurt. I think a lot of it was. I mean, I didn't ask him, but I think a lot of it turned out to be okay. We're going home because, you know, Masada had two nights left after that. He had the next night he was booked on, and then the King of the Death match. So mm-hmm. you hurt your knee right off the bat on the first night. I'm sure he was thinking, he was panicking a little bit, but he, he had told me that there was kind of a move in there that there wasn't supposed to be, and it was a little reckless, and he went down his knee, and that was that. But uh, they had a good match when it was there, but it didn't really get a chance to go in much, and Elgin won by submission. Um, but, you know, after the match, Elgin kind of cut the promo saying, I'm, I'll be back there. I don't know exactly when I'll be back, but I'll come back, and I, I crave that IWA world title. I want that. So um, that was kind of cool. He, he did a little saying he would be back because, of course, now with Big Mike, you know, he's – He's really kind of a mid-south product. I mean, Ian's been booking him since day one of his career, and now he's New Japan star. So, yeah, um, you never know when he will come back. But if he does, he's coming for the title. He said. Mm-hmm. So, um, Dark was uh, the next match. Uh, Dark Shaitan from Mexico. Now, now I call her the Queen of Kings. Um, Dark defeated Ruby Ruby Rays from California. And this other young lady, Shotzi Blackheart, I was impressed with her too. All these girls were, were pretty badass, man. Um, but you know, and they actually they call that Shotzi Blackheart the ballsy badass. But Ludar mm-hmm. got the win there. But uh, that Ruby Rays, man, holy shit, what a powerful, powerful woman, man. She was throwing these girls around, but Ludar got the win at the end there. I didn't get a chance to go see her much, but. It's 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 special. Ludark is really a special person, uh, a special yeah. character. I mean, for, she's she's over, and she always has been. I I first saw her in 2014, and with very with not even that much build, you know, because Ian just found her and decided to bring her in. He didn't even need much build for her. It's it's a yeah. mix of her look and her her ability in the ring. It's just she gets over with it. Yeah, I saw uh, Ruby's promos going into the event, and um, she definitely, you know, brought attention to herself. She seemed, you know, really impressive. She is. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, badass, badass three-way. I mean, uh, yeah, that Ruby race is great. You know, I I definitely could see her in WWE or something like that. I mean, she has that kind of presence. Uh, But, you know, I mean... Uh, three three in, enjoyable uh, workers there. And post-match, Ruby Ray's challenged Blue Dark for one-on-one match at the next show. This is what they kind of did here. They, they booked a lot of the next night, that night, and you know, after the, which was kind of fun because after each match, Dean would kind of come down and say, okay, so tomorrow night here's what we're going to do or whatever, and it was kind of 
It was kind yeah. of had a good, a neat feel to it. It was on the fly, you know, mm-hmm. on the fly type show. Uh, yeah, Ruby Rose. Uh, she made one of those lists, you know, the checklist of what she wants to get done this year and stuff. And on that list oh, is CZW. Um, oh, she really yeah. wants to be in CZW. So I, I don't know. From what I've heard, um, you know, DJ should really make a move with that rather than booking this, you know, uh, you know, the, the Crimson Submission Machine and, and things of that yeah, sort. Exactly. Oh, she's way. Oh, it's not even close. Right. <laughs> with any of these three. I mean, it's not even close. Ludark mm-hmm. would be perfect for CCW, wouldn't she? I mean, oh, yeah. she's a Canadian, but, but, you know, DJ yeah, she's awesome. back. So, DJ doesn't know what the hell he's looking at. I mean, yeah. but anyway, <laughs> I could say plenty about DJ, but, you know, I, I, I got to see a real booker. That's the way I felt. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so so we had uh, the next one I was I was marking out, man. I hadn't seen I hadn't seen Eddie Kingston in a while live and mm-hmm. he's 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 still got it man i mean he he wrestled aaron williams the baddest man alive right it was a fantastic match eddie won with the back fist but it was a fantastic match i mean eddie was working aaron down and it was really really good i mean it was back and forth and both guys were really showing their shit and uh yeah kingston's great after the match he did his mic work you know it was just great seeing him back in mid south. I know that. In fact, I heard it on your show. He didn't. Eddie didn't really say that he had problems with Ian, but he said he wasn't really too interested in going back. But he said, you know, we'll see. And sure enough, he's back. And then he's back this week. Yeah. And he even did uh, ring announcing at Kane. Yeah, I always enjoyed his ring announcing. Yeah, I mean everything. Everything about him is great. Commentary. I mean, he's, right. Yeah, commentary too. Oh yeah, I'm trying. Oh, he did ring announcer. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he was a ring announcer, man. Oh yeah. Jesus Christ! I thought you meant commentary, yeah. but. Yep, I'm sure he was doing that too. Actually, is what I, I mean. You know, because I, I mean, I obviously I was there, so I didn't hear it. But I'll know when I get the DVD. But yeah, he was doing the actual over the. <laughs> he was doing the speaker. <laughs> his his fucking Masada partner. He he was he was he was real quick with it. And it was cool because I was having a little beef with this guy, Taxi Cab James, James, who always sits there and he yeah, yells yeah. about the East Coast all the show. So I was having fun going at him the whole time, and he'd come back to me. And when Kingston would get on the mic or whatever, he was giving Eddie a hard time. And Eddie would go right back to him, like, who the fuck are you? Fuck off. You know, <laughs> you know Eddie, he's got the attitude. So it was, yeah. it was fun. It was a lot of fun. But, yeah, you would enjoy it. I mean, I would tell your listeners, I mean, even though this is just a basic show, house show, whatever you call it, this is one that I would I would even say get the DVD. I mean, it was fantastic, you know, mm-hmm. every, everything. But a lot of it for me was being there live. I get that, too. I mean, it was just the atmosphere, uh, you know, intimate feel to it. It just it felt cool. It was it was pretty neat. Sure. Um, the next one you you would have liked it was the the, the tag champions in mid south are they're called hot chocolate Myron Reed and Shook D or Sugar Dunkerton mm-hmm. and you know great tag team uh, Myron Reed the only thing I feel like is is might hold him back because he's got the talent 
He's got the talent to go anywhere he wants. The only thing about him is his moveset, and I don't want to sound, I'm not trying to sound like I'm racist or ignorant or anything, but his moveset is a lot like, you know, like your Leo Rushes and stuff like that, you know, and Strickland's. He, 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 I always feel like some of these guys got to do a little something to, I'll say even, you know, flip, like a Flip Gordon or something. Like all these guys, I think, got to do a little something to set themselves apart. That's why I'm mm-hmm. glad. I do like what Leo's doing. He's trying to, he's trying to develop uh, a strong character. So, and he said he'll set himself apart that way. You know, sure. So I, I think I think this kid will get that though. But you know, they they defeated. They call them. They call these next two guys. They call them Light Beers and shoot. Now I'm gonna forget. They have a nickname to them. I'll think of it in a second. But it's John Wayne Murdoch and Mance Warner. And I gotta tell you, and and anyway, the hot chocolate one, they they retained the belt. But I gotta tell you, I I've rarely been as excited about anybody as I am about this Mance Warner kid. I mean, uh-huh. and it's not necessarily in ring work. It's the it's the because his in ring work is fine. I'm not saying anything negative, but it's not that his in ring work makes you whoa. You're not necessarily blown right away. It's just this guy, the presence on him, uh, his charisma, his entrance, his entrance theme, everything about him just, I couldn't get it out of my head. I I couldn't get his entrance. And he's got these big eyes, and he just looks at you with his eyes all, gets his eyes all wide, and, and especially when he gets colored, it's badass. He's got them big yeah. eyes, and he makes the eyes with, you know, little things like that just make, make people. And uh, I... Man, I just think I, I I see money with this guy. I mean, I really do. Uh, somebody I, somebody's got to grab onto him, but I don't, I don't think Ian should let him go either. And I don't think he would. But I mean, yeah, Southern the Southern Psycho they call him, Man Warner, and he's he's really good. Um, you know, I just was totally totally uh, in, engaged with him. Um, one that I've forgotten, I actually kind of missed the match order, and the, I don't know why. My Twitter, I know I posted the results of this one because Joey retweeted it. Mm-hmm. But on my list of results, it's not there. Because when you said to me, did Joey work? Because I didn't see it on your on your results. I looked yeah. back at it, and you're right, I don't see it either. And then I looked back at my emails, and Joey retweeted what I tweeted. So mm-hmm. I don't know where it went, but... Anyway, Joey Janela. I'm not, I'm not born and raised in New Jersey, but I've never been more proud. To, when he came out, it was like, there it is. That's that's New Jersey wrestling right here. Because Joey, he's great. I mean, there are some things about him that I haven't exactly loved. Some choices, you know, some some. He likes to wrestle those goofy matches, and so I think he's better than some of that. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, he's better than, you know, he wants to wrestle Vader and all that. I mean, come on. You know, who needs to see that? He he can go with anybody. But he wrestled a rock star pro guy named Trey Miguel, which if you if you just run a Google image search on Trey Miguel, he'll remind you of Ricochet in the body type. They look, they looks a lot like Ricochet. Um, and, he, and he does wrestle somewhat like him. I mean, it was a this was a great match, and Joey came out on top. Um, just what you'd expect. I mean, Joey went all in. Uh, the crowd was giving him a bit of a hard time, you know, because here comes Joey. He couldn't be much more East Coast than Joey. 
or mm-hmm. Kingston, you know, in, in the crowd. That was exactly what they didn't want to see, but it was right. It was cool, man. I was, uh, it was just neat to see Joey in that environment. You know, it was it was really cool, and and he did great. You know, another place, another place now. Well, he's been to Mid South before, but um, you know, coming back there, maybe you know, and Ian obviously likes him, so uh, maybe he'll be more of a regular there. Yeah, it was really hot in this building too. I've got to tell you, it was it? I mean, it was hot as oh man. You just sat there and and you just sat there and sweated. That's all. Well, didn't even have what to was the venue like? Because I know you know the previous year was a gay bar. Uh, <laughs> well, King was a different venue. Uh, when we get okay. to that, uh, yeah, King was different than than where the Thursday Friday nights were. The Thursday Friday were in Jeffersonville. The King of the Death matches was in Memphis, Indiana. Ah, okay, uh, at, okay. At a flea market, but these were these were a place called the Arena in Jeffersonville. Very small, hole in the wall kind of place, but really had a special feel to it to me. I mm-hmm. kind of felt like this. That's cool. This is cool. This is their building, you know. Uh, very reminiscent. If any of your listeners uh, have been to the On Point building, and I know you have to. It's very oh, reminiscent size wise of that. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very small, but it, it was, and just as hot, probably. No, no air. Fucking crazy. Driving, yeah, it was, <laughs> driving it was 14 hours hot. to the On Point building would be a fucking <laughs> rough sell for me. <laughs> exactly, man. When you put it that way, I'll tell you. But uh, they, did have, they have a little snack bar in there, and, and the, <laughs> some of the people had their tables set up and whatnot. But it was tiny, man. It was small. They had a nice little snack and, bar. Yo, you're going to like this little random fact for you. So I found out from talking to people that the landlord of the building is Too Tough Tony. So oh, he's shit. the landlord, and Madman Pando lives in the building. Lives in the building? And Madman Pando. And I know that for a fact because at some point, well, I, 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 don't, I shouldn't say that. I don't know that for a fact, but it made it made sense because it's at one point during the the, uh, the Friday night show, Pondo came down and sat in the crowd. So, oh shit! And then everybody said, "Oh, he lives right here," and we're like, "Where? Right there!" And it's a little black, very dark, you know, place where you just up these stairs in the building. So I don't know. I guess he lives right there, but uh, in Jeffersonville, Indiana. But that's where, that's where Pondo lives. But very cool, you know, very cool what you find out. But the main event of this In Like a Lion show was fantastic. It was an absolute clinic. I mean, if anybody wants to know what independent wrestling is like in 2017, this to me was the match. Um, Money Matt Cage, playing Jonathan Gresham, but it was fantastic back and forth. They showed out everything they had. They started with the catches set in. And then it got that got hyper speed, uh, striking, you name it. It was badass. But and I I was amazed how it didn't blow up because it was so hot in there. Mm-hmm. They held it together, and they 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 were fantastic. And but after the match, this is when this is when Jake Chris got a little onto his bullshit. Kind of he came <laughs> out and he. Down on his knees, you know, and like he was proposing, 
and he proposed to Matt Cage and said, will you make beautiful art with me? You know, and... Uh, and oh, uh, yeah, and then Matt said, you know, will you make money with me? And then he said, yes. So they're going to have this match on June 1st. And June 1st is Ian's birthday bash. So they're going to mm-hmm. have that then. Uh, just Chris and Matt Cage. And isn't Matt so, Cage like the le- legitimately gay dude? Yeah, and, and and you know what? And I was I, I I've heard that from you. I, in fact, I think so. I'm sure it's right. But out of the two, yeah. Jake was acting way more effeminate than than Matt Cage. Yeah, not that I, Matt Cage I, has ever been effeminate, but right. You know, and I only. I think, you know, say that or or have said that because um you know he put out a whole post and you know a lot of people congratulated him on you know being brave right. enough to be out there and you know doing yeah, his thing yeah. and just being straight up about yeah. who he is and you know right you know I I, I have think... more an issue with like the flamboyance and the uh, I don't know yeah. like the yeah. just in your face gay acts and right. like I said. With the show on uh, Sunday with Shaheen, I said a lot of these indie wrestlers are, are tomatoes to me. You know, they right, right. They, they might be married, have kids. Uh, they hang out with a lot of vegetables, but they're really fruits. You know, uh, <laughs> Go and uh, I like that. you know, I, I don't know. That's that's the thing that kind of gets me. Like, it just, you know, do whatever you want to do. Be proud of who you are, but like, Jesus Christ, don't force feed me a gay porn and shit. I really don't want to watch it. <laughs> exactly. And and the other problem I have myself, and I know I know you're like this too. I mean, yeah, you're right. I agree with you 100. percent Like being actually gay, Matt Cage is a badass wrestler. I don't, yeah. uh, you know, being gay. That's 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 great, man. I would want him to be who who he is. But Absolutely. you're right. And the in-your-face, like, shit. And then with the in-your-face shit from guys that aren't even really gay, I yeah. hate that, wow. too. And that, that pisses me off. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, if I'm, <laughs> really, gay, really, if I'm really gay, I take I take offense to that a little bit. It's like, what are you making a joke I'm, I'm being gay for? Shit. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, but, I don't but know. you know. Anyway, there was a proposal in the ring, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jake Chris proposed. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, that was the end of the show, and man, that was a, that was a badass show. I mean, I loved it. And the next night was called Stiff. Um, okay. The the show, so you know, you knew that was going to be a, a banger too, and uh, it was no doubt. <laughs> no Beckham. They brought in Jimmy Lloyd for this one. Uh, they brought in your. Your your boy Jimmy Lloyd. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> he didn't do bad. I actually, Whose luggage did he fucking hide in? Probably Janela's, right? No, it was um, <laughs> it was he wrestled this guy, which is a, a mid south guy, Hellraiser Aiden Blackheart, and Aiden no, Blackheart I said, uh, got the win. I said, uh, whose luggage did he hide in? I said probably Janela's, well, but. Probably. I think they probably did come together, actually. Yeah, they yeah. must have. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they had to. Yeah. But, you know, he lost, but Jimmy wound up fucking up his shoulder because I saw him after, and he was really uh, favoring the shoulder. That's weird. That I mean, he, he's a precision worker. I can't imagine how he could have hurt his shoulder. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> good call, man. Yeah, precision, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a technical masterpiece in that ring. 
yeah, as well know, as being the future of deathmatch wrestling. Yeah, exactly. The next Joey Janelle, in fact, is according to DJ. Yeah, I'm um, sure Shoulder will get all better when he wrestles Gage in like a week. So that'll be fun. Oh God! Oh my God! Hey, and by the way, did you listen to? Was that? Were you on that show? Because I just saw it pop up on my iTunes page on the the hot tag. Were you on? That <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. That? Oh, thank God I, I wasn't. I, I would have completely did ruined. Did you listen? That. Yes, I did. Did you listen to? It? Oh, okay, was it yeah. was it good? Well, I, uh. I, Shaheen and them did their thing. Uh, Shaheen did a great job, you know, talking to Gage or whatever. It was pretty much a GCW commercial um, okay. sponsored by Cell Block, um, whatever the fuck. <laughs> um, like, yeah. he legitimately shouted out his Cell Block as if there's people who were listening to podcasts in prison. He really um, did. Holy shit. Yeah, he, he legitimately did. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's just, I mean, a Nick Gage interview where CZW isn't really discussed isn't something that I'm interested in at all. Um, sure, sure. And Gage has just become like a strange cat. Like his personality has really taken a just unlikable turn, in my opinion. Um, yeah, he, yeah. He, you know, I mean, he's always going to be entertaining because he's super, super violent. If you want that type of guy, I mean, he's your guy. I mean, he's going to get in the right. ring and show violence and anger and, you know, I'll give him credit in that aspect because so many guys shy away from that and shaking hands and hugging and making out and stuff. He's going to, he's going to give you that, that image of a guy who wants to kill another guy in the ring. So exactly. um, whether that's a work or legit or, you know, whatever the case is, he's, he's doing his job when it comes to the ring stuff. Um, yep. You yep. know, I, some of this other stuff where, you know, he's, he's wearing this prison thing, like a badge of honor. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And I don't respect yeah. that type of shit. I just don't No. Um, no, he, he forgot the letters MDK, um, at <laughs> the end, he oh, went to shit. say it <laughs> and he, uh, he stumbled <laughs> over and went MT, uh, t- uh, M, M, uh, murder death. Kill. Oh no. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was the funniest thing <laughs> on the planet. I, I'm actually going to clip it for the Sunday show so I could play it over and over. Oh, man. I was going to do it tonight. Wow. I just couldn't get it, get it together in time. That's yeah, crazy. Uh, yeah, I got to listen to that. I, that's that's definitely on my list to listen to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, uh, you know, for what Shaheen had to work with, he did a great job. And, um, you know, he's he's tight with uh, Brett Lauderdale, so – one of the very sure. few podcasts you're going to hear Nick Gage on is most likely the hot tag podcast. So, um, I would know. assume I was, I was shocked when I saw that he was a guest on there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got the in for it. So, you know, by all means that, that may be the place you hear Nick Gage on podcasts. So, you know, good for them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. I, you know, like I've said in the past with Gage, it's, I've, gone from one of Gage's biggest fans to now, like, I'm not even interested in, in doing that type of interview or anything. You know, it sure. just... Sure. Th- the option of it happening came off the table around the same time where I lost my interest completely, too. You know, I... Right, right. I do feel, you know, with my history and my, you know, being a fan as far as Nick Gage, if I were to be doing that, I think I would put on the best Nick Gage interview possible. Just because, you know, I was so, yeah, you know, just because I I was such a huge fan and, you know, since 2001 and that's, that's no knock on anybody else. And like I said, I mean, Shaheen's going to, you know, go in and, and 
do great work as far as, you know, what he has to work right. with. But, you right. know, if, you know, you, you interviewed someone that you've been watching live for you know, exactly. 15 years exactly. or something, it's, you're just going to have a little bit more of a, you know, connection with that type of thing. But like and I said, right. that, that and you, just you, would, you, you would pull, you would pull classic, some thoughts on some classic shit out of him. You know, oh yeah, yeah. Like I, I feel like you did Zandig. You know, I feel like you did that mm-hmm. with Zandig too, because Zandig is not likely going to be the best interview ever. I think you had a great one with him, because I, you have a yeah, you're 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 a, a CCW. As you know, I always refer to you a lot to other fans as a CCW historian, and that hmm. you know you know most of what went down there. You know, so yeah. at least for that one time, for that long time period, you know. Yeah. Um, well, and, you know, uh, a lot of now, people of have course, different. Now they killed you off, but. Yeah, uh, a lot of people have different fondness, you know, different periods. Some people, you know, their their love and passion was the ECW era, you know, like yourself. Right. Um, you know, right. me, right. ECW is my favorite thing. Like that 2000s, early 2000s, mid 2000s, like that period of CCW was my favorite thing that ever happened in wrestling. You know, I was sure. there live sure. for it. And it was just, it was amazing. I mean, it was just nothing, nothing can match that for me. And you know, no, different time imagine. periods is different for everybody. So, yeah, you know, yeah. but but I'm very fond of that era. So, oh sure, yeah, I I, I can see why. Yeah. But uh, you know that this, um, I, I think that you know because I can watch the old DVDs and I've really gotten into because I didn't live through the CZW time like you did. You know, I I kind of mm-hmm. took a took a hiatus from wrestling. And knowing you has got me to go back and do a lot of the, the older shit, the good shit. Um, right. Just, it, it captivated my imagination just by watching it on DVD. I can only imagine being there, you know, yeah. being there for the ride. You know, that's yeah. special. I was there for the ride with ECW, and, you know, I know it's it's just special. You you associate that with a very fucking special time in your life. You know? Of course, yeah. I, so. You know, I, I think obviously live – you know, there's nothing to really match that, but I do wish that, um, right. unfortunately technology kind of came in after CZW really, you know, yeah. got rolling. Yeah. And, uh, I, I really wish there was better clarity on all that old CZW stuff. Cause man, right. You right. know, to see that in like HD, I think that stuff would live oh. on forever. So, oh, yeah. you know, videotape era is just not going to be the same. Yep. You're right. You're right. And, and the same with Mid-South. And that's why, you know, I, yeah. I was excited to see that Ian's got a good young crop because, you know, that's what's going to take it into the next bit now. I mean, you know, I had to be in Mid-South. That's one of those promotions I, you don't want to see go anywhere. I mean, that, that's legendary. Just like the name, the name CCW is too. But, you know, I had to Mid-South is it really is independent wrestling in, in a large way. I mean, a lot of that indie-rific kind of stuff, Ian mm-hmm. was responsible for a lot of it. So, um, you know, they, but the kids we got now, they they go they go balls to the wall, and I told them that that night, and I really believed it. Um, the next match on the fifth card was the Monster Zodiac, who's gotten a lot better. I, I just, every, you know, it seems like, each time I've seen him, 
he's gotten a little bit better. And he's young, mm. you know, so he's got to get. He's gonna. He's, he's getting more ring time, and he's getting better. And this one, he he, you know, pulled out the heart punch. That's the finishing move. He he beat uh, this guy, everlasting Marcus Everett, who's from. I mentioned him on the last show. He's from Rockstar Pro. Uh, good, very good wrestler. I don't know. There were a lot of Rockstar Pro guys on the show, both shows. I'm not sure if that's going to be a regular thing or what the deal was. But I know that, you know, you had your Aaron Williams and your Jake Chris and whatnot coming in. So aside from them, there were a lot of Rockstar Pro talent. You kind of, you know, with saying this about this Everett kid, you've kind of helped me solve like a quick mystery because earlier tonight I saw on uh, Facebook, you know, as you scroll down, sometimes it just starts playing the videos like without you even clicking on it. And I saw someone posted like uh, Everett with a quick power bomb or something. And he did like this run up the ropes, like kind of like a sunset flip, sit out power bomb. And it was dope. Uh But like I saw Everett and I'm, all I could think in my head is like, did Andrew Everett shave his fucking head and go tanning like a fucking lot? Yeah. He would have to tan <laughs> because, a lot, yeah. Because yeah, I didn't, Marcus... I didn't click on it to see the dude, you know, like in in like a bigger screen. It was only on my phone on the little tiny thing, and I'm just like, yeah. man, that looks agile as fuck. Like it's got to be Andrew Everett, but he really would have had yeah. to tan his ass off and shave his head. Yeah. So, yeah, my... uh, that solves <laughs> that mystery. But Marcus Everett is agile as fuck, man. The kid, the kid's great. I really, I thought he was great. He had the opener on King of the Death Match, and that was that was badass, man. I, when I get there, I'll uh, I'll go over that again. But that, yeah. you know, all all weekend for this kid, he really opened my eyes. I thought, okay, we got we got money here too. Very short guy, but if that's you know going to hold him back in any way, I hope not. But he really can work. He he can go. Um, but he he lost that one. The next the next one was the the, the meaning of Steph really. It was uh, that guy legendary Larry D, who I told you was a big powerhouse type guy, and he wrestled Aaron Williams in the last mm. man standing match. Okay. And these guys just laid him in. I mean, because I was so up close and the building is small, so your front row, you're right in the action, and these guys were laying him in. Uh, Aaron Williams with the kicks and. Larry D with the forearm shots and chops yeah. and it was it was Steph but Larry D won the match. They kind of it told it, they told a very good story. I mean, Aaron Williams was taking a lot of punishment and he kept getting up, kept getting up, and then you know finally Larry D got him. Where and it also with some help. I mean, they did tape him up. He used uh, electric tape to tape his feet tape his feet to the ropes so he couldn't really get up all the way. Uh, and mm-hmm. then the ref counted him out for the 10. It was a you know, last man standing match. But um, right. I also did mention, too, Larry D is with Jason Saint. And Jason Saint, I don't know if you ever saw him. He's, a, he's been a manager down there in Mid-South for a while. He's very good on the mic. I, I really enjoy his mic work. He's smooth. He, he definitely has a presence to him. It, it, it's, he's getting a lot better from when I when I first seen him. Uh, but after the match, Ian came out, announced that there's a change in the card. Trey Miguel, who wrestled Joey the night before, right. got hurt. 
during that match. And the main event was supposed to be Masada and John Wayne Murdoch against Trey Miguel and I believe Jake Crist. But they, mm-hmm. they shuffled that deck a little bit, made it a three-way Masada versus Murdoch versus Jake Crist. So that was going to oh, okay. be your main event in the yeah. stiff, uh, the stiff show. But uh, the next one was was uh, a ladies' match. Shotzi Blackheart. She uh, she forced uh, what they were calling her the lost the lost girl Samantha Heights into submission. Uh, Rockstar Pro talent Samantha Heights is, and this was really mm-hmm. match uh, stiff match. You know, tough one. Um, and then there again, you know, that's one of my tweets that disappeared somehow. But the next match was Joey, Danella, and Myron Reed, who I mentioned before was one half of the Hot Chocolate team, uh, the tag champions. And uh, you expected this to be, every, and it was, it was excellent. There were a lot of high flying spots, a lot of craziness. But Joey wound up winning by DQ. Marcus Everett came back out and did a funny thing where he just sort of came in the ring and gave a little short kick to Joey, and that the ref called for an immediate DQ. So it, it DQ'd Myron Reed. Joey won. So I thought, and, and that match was to get into TPI. And uh, so what had to happen was Myron Reed had to win to get into TPI, and Joey beat him by DQ. Marcus Everett cost him the TPI win. And uh-huh. after the match, Marcus Everett and, and this kid uh, and Myron Reed got face-to-face and they kind of cut a promo where uh, Marcus Everett said, no, I, I want to go to TPI. You know, it's my, my mission, my dream. I'm going. It is very good. I imagine they're probably building something there and those will be some badass masters, Marcus Everett and Myron Reed because you got two guys that can go 100 miles per hour. So I, I, I would, I'd love to witness those matches. Um, you know, again, I, I just thought the whole show was 100 miles per hour both nights. You know, just fast yeah. paced, always moving. Even if you got the feeling that oh, this kid's green, he needs ring time to know it's good. Still, they went hard though, and you left going well. These kids really worked their asses off, so I got to give them that. You know, yeah. and that, that was where I kind of left it. Um, but I liked them all. I, I thought all of them were, were phenomenal, uh, the talents that were there. But, but Ian did bring in the big names, too. The, the next match, though, was a no-holds-barred match with Shane Mercer and Isaiah. Okay. And this was kick-ass. I mean, they, they really they, they told the story, though. Mercer just was all over Isaiah, just really using the strength. I mean... He's got amazing strength. This guy, Shane Mercer, will he'll throw a suplex from a top rope. The guy will go to do a moonsault or a flip on him or something, and Shane Mercer will grab the guy right out of midair. Yeah. Follow a slam or a suplex or something. He just has amazing strength where he can get control very quickly over someone. And uh, he eventually did win the match. He choked out Isaiah, um, and he got the victory. Uh, there and and Isaiah, you, you know he's old school, so he really sold the the choke out, and it was refreshing to see Ian came in and you know it was it was it was neat to see. But now that they're, they're going to have a rematch next Thursday, so uh, which would be tonight actually, <laughs> it was next Thursday from when I went, but uh, and it would be tonight. So 
the rematch probably going on about now, actually. Um, yeah. But, you know, really good, man. I, I mean, you, you remember seeing those guys. I mean, I think when we went for 2015, Isaiah was champion. Yeah, and I think he was wrestling Shane Mercer, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, those two are kind of been married to each other. Uh, yeah. They're they're pretty close, and they usually make for really good matches. So this was no different. Great match. Jason Sang was down there with Mercer. There's the the tension of is Mercer going to cave in and go with Isaiah, who he loves, or should he stay with Jason Saint and try to be the bad guy? So you never know where that one's going. But uh, it's kind of kind of a neat angle. Um, the next match, though, was a TPI. Reed Bentley had to get through Eddie Kingston to earn a TPI spot. And it was one of Reed Bentley's return matches to Mid-South. So, of course, there was that excitement. And, I, you know, Eddie, I mean, what else do you have to say? This was stiff as hell. Eddie just beat the dog out of Reed Bentley. And, but, you know, Eddie came back, or Reed came back at the end and got the got the victory. So, out of nowhere, kind of, I think it was a roll-up or something. It was kind of an out-of-nowhere finish um, where Reed Bentley won out of, out of the blue. But Kingston really was, was on in most of the match. Mm-hmm. But it was entertaining. It was, it was an entertaining match. Nice. Um, the, the next was False Count Anywhere. Ruby Rays pinned Ludark. Um, this was good. I mean, for the, in that Jeffersonville building, I don't. They can't really do blood and you know the stuff that Mid South might be sort of known for. So right. they're pretty legitimate just wrestling there. But this was this got a little crazy. I mean, they they were using the. The, the doors and the trash cans and chairs and of course they were they were doing it pretty stiff I mean they weren't they they weren't uh, exactly it wasn't your WCW hardcore match or something I mean they really went for it um, Ruby Ray's had a whole Freddy Krueger get up on um, she even had the costume and the claw and the face your yeah. face was kind of painted up it was pretty neat but it was good it cool. was really good. You would have enjoyed it. And uh, the main event, yeah. though, was you can expect. I just tell you who's in it. It's Jake Chris, Murdoch, and Masada. So yeah. it, it was phenomenal, and Jake Chris got the win. Um, you know, but, but that was just, it was awesome. I mean, just everything stiffed that from headbutts to, um, you know, chops to chair shots. Uh, you, you name it, they were really laying them in, boy. I mean, and mm-hmm. Jake Chris was was hanging in there. It's amazing yeah, how yeah. sweaty he gets with the gear he wears. Cause he wears like a full suit almost when he's in that ring. He gets all sweaty, but he really works hard. But that was it, man. That was stiff, and that was a hell of a show. Nice. But yeah. You know what I couldn't wait for, man. The next day, yeah. the, the granddaddy of them all was the next day, king of the death matches. And, uh, you know, you felt better about this one, at least I did, because it was the culmination of the three nights. So it wasn't yeah. as if I just, like last year, where I just rolled up and it was the one day, you know. So it was better that way. Unfortunately, Ian didn't really, the house, the, the draw wasn't that good in Jeffersonville, especially not the second night. The first night was a little over 100. The second night was under 100. Uh. And, you know, 
I'm sure he didn't need to do much better than that with Masada and Jake Crist and Eddie Kingston and Michael Elgin from Japan. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sure he had to do better than that. You know what I mean? So I I asked him, you think you're going to do this next year? And he kind of said, no, nah, I, I don't know. I don't think he will, but um, hopefully we get at least a doubleheader again next year. Yeah. But the three nights was great. I've been saying, though, like, Ian, I almost think he doesn't try to get that many fans in the in the place. I mean, yeah. like a bus trip, yeah. fucking something. I mean, right. generate right. some kind of draw, you know, to, to bring fans in. You know, give discounts for people from further than three states over. So, I mean, there you something. Go. There you go. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really know the answer to really, you know, draw a huge crowd there, but. I, I felt like with stuff. the try. Yeah, I felt like with the King of the Death that like there wasn't really that big of an attempt. Like, great if you're gonna drive 16 hours to come here, we fucking love you for it. But yeah, I, I feel like there weren't that many fucking local people. Like, how many people did you really pull from your local crowd? Because there was a chunk of it that was from the East Coast. At, at 25th. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, where I the think, fuck is your I local crowd? Us, yeah, I think without us, I don't think. I mean, that that crowd was hot. And I think a lot of that was, was us from up here. Yeah. You know? I, I don't know. I, I just, you know, you like to see that company do well. And um, I've always said, you know, I, I would love to see Ian take his show on the road and just find a place. Oh, me too. I don't care, whether it's the East Coast, wherever it is to, to draw a crowd. And it's easy to say hey we're loyal to our guys but i mean if your crowd is able to be stuck into a vehicle and driven with you then just fucking bring them with you i mean <laughs> exactly. you really don't have a giant home crowd i i just like to see that expand at least on the home front that's true you know no, i i agree and and you know what you're you're really on to something with that i mean ian even told me personally this weekend he said that he has he has not done everything he could do promoting wise. Yeah. And uh, so you're right. You're right about that. I mean, you know, there's more he could do. And 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 you're at, you're absolutely right. Although the king, the the turnout for King was really good. This it had to be. It was between three and three fifty. It, okay. it was pretty good. Uh, it was a nice little house for for what I've seen there. Um, but but even no matter what, I still have this feeling because. There's two major deathmatch tournaments, in my view, in this country. That's TOD and King of the Deathmatches. I mean, I think mm-hmm. TOS can get there, but, I mean, what are the classics? Those are the two. Yeah, and, yeah, and this is only I, year I kind of, two. Yeah. Exactly. TOS is exactly. doing big things, but this is year two. Let's let's settle down exactly. a little bit. Exactly. I mean, I think they can yeah. get there someday. That's what I'm saying. Sure. But, but – yeah, I mean, the king, it still feels like too much of a secret. Like, I want to go down there and see this, but it feels like more people should be clamoring to go down to this. Yeah. Because it, I mean, it is. It's a big event. I think when, you know, you promote it as the grand granddaddy of them all and the, the this and the that, yeah. you know, you got 300-something people in the building, which might be a right for you, right. but why is that a right for you? I mean, it. you know, yeah. you see some of these TOSs and the TOD. Yeah. TOD gets over a fucking thousand people in DJ's yard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck, man. Like, 
Can we and get six hundred people on any in Rotten Craft? Yeah, Ian would Ian would pull that easy up, up this way. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. You know, you tell East Coast fans you can go see King of the Death Match. You know, and it's right here. I mean, people go nuts. But you know, I mean, I understand where he's coming from too, and I've I've even asked him that before, and he said, "Well, I don't I don't really want to step on toes either." I he, I thought about it, but I don't really want to come up that way and. There's other people already running deathmatch tournaments and stuff up there. I don't want to, you know, come up there and invade the territory. So, I mean, he's he's still got, you know, old school philosophies on things. I don't think he'd yeah. like it, of course, if, if somebody else came down his way and was trying to run deathmatches either, you know. So, well, I, I can you, see. you shake a couple hands, you make a couple deals, you cooperate, you do some talent swapping, you, you know, you work right. out a deal where it's in you know, cohesion with another company, not against or invading right. or, yeah, you know, I mean, right, right. fucking rent DJ's goddamn yard, you know, like, yeah. Fucking, yeah, you work with them. And I mean, there was that, and you know, I'm not going to put this on Ian or, or anything like that, but I mean, there was that working relationship that lasted a half a second with DJ. And then I know, I know that fucking bridge was burned quick and it just, you know, it does kind of, stop a lot of possible future things from happening. Cause you figure if those guys were working well together within just an angle, I mean, it does open exactly. the doors for a little bit more talk and I don't know. Oh yeah, I agree. But here again, you know, and this is my view on it, but my view on it is Ian's a wrestling guy. He's, he's right. not going to be able to take DJ telling him what should be and what, what you should see out there and what you're going to do with the angles and that. I mean, DJ has never been what Ian's been. Ian, no, Ian's no. legitimately been, you know, he, he's legitimately been all around the world. I mean, this is, this is a, he's a legend in deathmatch wrestling. He, I, I give him credit for giving us deathmatch wrestling in this country, uh, at least him and Pondo having sort of a passion for it at the right. start. Um, I mean, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I think that Ian's not going to have the patience to to let somebody tell him what to do and how it should be run. I yeah. think Ian needs a little more control. Oh, I understand completely. But imagine, like, the power move on DJ's part. If he keeps Ian yeah. happy, he works cohesively with him. And let's just exactly. say hypothetically – okay, you got these fucking GCW guys starting up all types of shit. Those guys don't like fucking DJ. They want to bury DJ bad. So DJ does his thing. He runs Tournament of Death. Uh, Imagine the hypothetical situation where not only does he run Tournament of Death during the summer, he helps facilitate and co-host Ian running King of the Death match in his yard too. So not not only do you have your weapon of Tournament of Death, you have King of the Death as well. You know what I mean? That gives me chills just thinking about it. I mean, you're right. You, you Suddenly, want to to do battle with uh, GCW? That would be one right. way to do it, man. Yeah. Suddenly, you know, Danny D'Amato and Brett Lauderdale don't have a lot of leg to stand on when you have the monsters of Tournament of Death and King of the Death running out of the same, you know, heading, out of the same, not, not a CZW show, but, you know, uh, Jersey All Pro brought in, you know, New Japan. Right. Uh, Jersey All right, Pro right, brought right. in like a like a TNA type situation. Like they yeah. they brought in a yeah. lot of, you know, um, 
you know, cooperations and they, they worked with different companies to allow them to host a show, you know, in front of their, their audience more or less. And on Ian's right. side, he gets a thousand plus fans. And yeah. on DJ's side, he's got a fucking, a weapon, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, just to so stand right, there man. and say, I'm, I'm with these guys, you know? Yeah. 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 Nah, but, you, you, I wish I wish DJ thought like that, you know, because yeah. uh, you're right. There 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 was a lot of money left on the table with that, you know, when yeah, when Ian decided to go home and said fuck that, you know, there was yeah. a lot of money left on that table. And it's uh, easier said than done. I mean, me just you know playing armchair quarterback and all that is is real easy for me to say if this and that. But I'm just saying hypothetically speaking, you know these guys are supposedly going to war and stuff and, you know, to have at least the lines of communication open at some point, you know, yeah. I mean, you start to think what ifs. Oh yeah. Well, this was, uh, this was the night for it. Uh, King of the death matches, but you're right. It, it has that feel that man wish this was on an East coast stage, but he did. It seemed like he drew well. I, I hope he made money on the show. Um, you know, I didn't get a chance to ask him. Um, and that's always a, I, I never know if they want to tell me that those kind of things are not, but I sincerely do hope they do. I don't, I'm not trying to be nosy and I'm not looking for a dollar amount. When I do ask him of those things, I, I mean it legitimately as, I hope you did make money. I mean, I don't want to, you know, right. he puts a lot into these shows and, you know, if he can make some money off it, then, then good. Uh, but mm-hmm. but the the venue was really cool for the death matches, and you've seen it because you you watched Kings of the Crimson Mask. Uh, it's at right. it's that same building. It's uh, the it's okay. an antique antique flea market in Memphis, Indiana, and it's really cool. the The owners are all in. They're they're they're, they're cool with it. Going down there, the death match kind of thing, um, and you know you just walk in. And it's your typical old antique flea market. You walk far enough back, there's the ring area, and they sort of have it. Uh, you know, the guy on on match nights, he just leaves the flea market open until five. Five comes, he shuts everything down, locks up, and it's wrestling time. So it's pretty cool. I, you know, I I hope he can keep that venue. You know, he mm-hmm. always seems excited about venues at the start, and something gets fucked <laughs> yeah. up. You know, like yeah, absolutely. Uh, at Pride Bar, I he personally told me last year that the Pride Bar, they were good. They were they were they were fine with it. And then this weekend, I talked to him, and they just were charging him exorbitant amount of money to run in that back lot. And it really wasn't anything special. There was was not much room back there, and it was just a back lot on the street. So. Yeah, and they were charging big money for it. So you know, I'm glad. I hope, I hope it's a better situation money-wise here. The guy seemed very nice. I, I talked to the flea market owner for a long time. He seemed like a very good guy. Uh, really invested in Ian. You know, care about Ian. Wanted to see them have a place that they could run. So and that's it. That's yeah, Ian was like getting fucked by the gay bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, <laughs> Do he what? really was. How much conversation did you have with the the owner of last year's venue? <laughs> Not at all, man. I didn't, <laughs> Not too much. I didn't meet the owner of last year's venue. 
nope, I didn't meet them, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't I mean, meet Dave Bauer for a couple times, you know. And it wasn't, I got to be honest, it wasn't as creepy as I expected. Uh, I expected I was going to get up in there because I had to go to the bathroom a couple times or whatever. And so I went in there, and you're exp- I'm expecting the worst, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm expecting fucking you know, dudes making out and stuff. It really wasn't creepy at all. I would, you would actually, if it weren't for the rainbow flags and stuff everywhere, I wouldn't have even known it was a gay bar, to be honest. They, people were on their best behavior when we were in there. And honestly, I think a lot of it was the wrestling fans anyway, so I don't <laughs> think that, you know, maybe at night it gets a little, And Reed Bentley told me that. He said, because I said the same thing to him. I said, it's not bad in here. And he said, just at night it is. You got to vacate the premises once it gets like 9 or 10. But well, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that's a little. I mean, I, you're not gonna find me in a gay bar, but I don't think they're like fucking gremlins or anything. Like, I went in there and it was, it was somewhat tame. They didn't attack you the way I thought they would. Like, I don't really, I don't really think that's what the gay people are up to. I didn't think they would attack me. I thought they would be attacking each other. I guess is more what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but. No, it was fine. It was fine. You know, it was fine. I would have been fine going back there again this year, to be honest. I mean, you know, people were nice and nice and everything, but it was tight back there. I mean, it was a very tight the venue, and this was tight too. But it, a lot of it was the <laughs> gay bar was tight back crowd. there. Oh Jesus! And then they yeah. fucked in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I, got just, I, didn't even I don't know, know, man. Just, just like the puns and the fucking, just the thought of <laughs> you know, the deathmatch wrestlers walking out the fucking the bar door with the fucking pride logo on it. Like, I just yeah, your yeah. entrance music cannot be tough enough to make up for you walking out of a gay bar. It just can't. It was like, pretty I just can't. I just, yeah, it was funny. I can't get past. It was funny. I mean, if the entrance is a curtain or something, it's at least better than that. This was coming out of the door, just flinging the door open. You know, a door with some rainbow stickers on it. Yeah, it was was fucking crazy. Yeah, (laughs) I've never seen anything like that. But this was cool. I mean, they have they have the full you know full ring entrance and everything with this one at Mm -hmm. the at the flea market. Um, yeah, but you know, Ian did uh, his couple of non-tournament matches just to get it started. The first one, this was probably the match when you saw that powerbomb from because the first match was Marcus Everett and Cole Radrick. And mm-hmm. these dudes, I, I've said it before, I probably sound like a broken record, but these kids were a 1,000 miles per hour. I mean, they were going. And off the top rope spots and powerbombs and running around the ring 6,000 times, they, they were flying. And uh, I saw Cole Radrick at intermission, I said, man, that was a badass match. And he said, what, a bad match? And I said, oh, no, no, that was badass. <laughs> it really was. It was, it was right. fantastic. It was a good way to get the crowd going. Um, and so was the next one. It was a three-way. It was uh, Jake Christ, Kingston, and Shane Mercer. And mm. just like all the other matches for the weekend, it was great. You know, and Chris got the, got the win. And I hope I I hope I see the picture surface on the internet because Jake Chris came right in front of me and leaned up against me and said, "This is these are my people." And they the guy the guy at ringside took a cool picture of it. I was hoping that one that one surfaces somewhere online. Jake Chris did that. It, but 
Yeah, Jake Crist, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you just hope that, like, he doesn't follow that with making out with a guy, like, you know, like, he just fucking put me <laughs> really? on his team, and then he tried to blow a guy, like, that. that Jesus Christ, now we're on his team. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not, that's not exactly, uh my team but yeah I, <laughs> it's nice great, and then you, know? you just hope he keeps it straight during the match <laughs> no more proposals on one knee <laughs> yeah it's, you know, hope this isn't the match where he marries a guy exactly <laughs> but that was it those were your two and then tournament time so that was kind of cool that, that seems if, to be uh, a thing anybody... that ian does right he did that in 2015 yeah. he started out the the king of the death with a couple non death matches yes yeah, and I would think he should save those, wouldn't you? Like for the yeah, middle like to of break the up the rounds or. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Give the guys a little break or something, but I I don't know. Yeah, I thought that was weird. I don't know. I gotta ask him the next time I have him on. Uh, yeah. You know, if that's like a yeah, thing definitely. to build anticipation or what is his thought be. process beyond that is because. It must it's be. It's just different. He obviously. I mean, I know. I trust Ian enough to know that he has a philosophy for everything, so for sure. definitely would have a reason why that's going on, you know, I mean, when, sure when you ask him, so that'll be cool if you have him back on, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, Ian's doing pretty good, he, he's hanging in there sight-wise, he has a hard time seeing much, you know, I, I, I got a chance to sit and talk to him for a long time, um, and, and, you know, if you listen, man, he made my weekend just sitting there talking to Ian for a while, because I just, uh, I love, I, I just I have so much respect for him, but uh, you know when I was trying to show him things on my phone or whatever, you know you gotta blow him up perfect for him. I hope his sight hangs in there some. You know it's kind of a bummer to me that he can't see completely what's going on in the ring because he's so good at judging and evaluating what's going on out there in the talent. But uh, no, he has his ways. Yeah, I guess he has his ways of knowing what's up. But uh, the first match of the King. Actually, I think the first match of King was my favorite. It was hmm. uh, home home run derby, rather than the finals. The finals was fucking crazy. But I mean, of of anything else, first round, second round, I think I might have liked this one the best. The uh, first match was home run derby, light tube stunts was the step. Um, just you know your typical home run derby swing stuff, and then they had a light tube fence around the ropes. Mm-hmm. And it was it was John Wayne Murdoch, Reed Bentley, Ludark Titan, and Nick Depp, uh, who won Prince of the Death match. So that's why okay. that's why you had Nick Depp in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, this match kind of became it was two different things that really stood out. One, Ludark, way more than held her own. I mean, I was kind of hoping that Ludark would go over in this, just because I figured it'd be a big swerve, you know, but again, Murdoch was in there, and he, mm-hmm. you know, you got your returning champion, so you know, you don't expect him to lose either in the first round. Right. Uh, but uh, I I took these, 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 these are four ways in the first round, everything four ways, which I'm not crazy about that, but yeah. uh, at least it's total elimination. So at least it's not one fall to a finish. I can't stand that shit. Yeah. Uh, and the, especially in deathmatch tournaments, you know, they did the four ways, four ways, and one fall to a finish. So you got two guys over on one side of the ring, and then bam, a pinfall happens, and that's it. And I hate that. So at least these are elimination. 
Um, but another story besides Ludark really holding her own, Ludark is great. Um, another story was John Wayne Murdoch and Bentley just beat the piss out of this Nick Depp kid. I mean, they beat him bad. He was a bloody pulp, but I got to respect. He took it. I took it. He took his beating. Uh, this guy was a mess by the end of it, but uh, Murdoch, that was the first pinfall, actually. Murdoch pinned Depp. But mm-hmm. he got everything. He got everything they had, man. Every weapon out there, everything, every light tube. The, the kit was a bloody mess. He even took a spot. Uh, to, I don't even know if you can call it a Canadian destroyer when Murdoch does it. I guess a Tennessee destroyer. But he hit the destroyer on depth on the outside of the ring through this kind of uh, light tube contraption that they had built, and it looked dangerous. I mean, I saw. Heads look like they went down in a nasty way, but they both yeah. got up, and that was that was hanging in there. But uh, he eventually took the pin. Um, but then the next ball, Ludark pinned Bentley. Um, so you know you had Ludark and John Wayne Murdoch as the last two. So there mm-hmm. was drama. You didn't know what was going to happen here, and they were going back and forth. But um, you know eventually, kind of what you probably would expect is Murdoch pinning Ludark to go to the next round. But mm-hmm. Ludark made her point, man. She was not the first woman to be in King, but got to be the first one in a long time. And, well, not too long, I guess, because you figure Mickey, but mm-hmm. the, she was badass. I mean, Ludark was, was badass in there. And, and somebody that I could see, she just felt so legitimate in there. Um, yeah. You know, she's legit. She can take the punishment. She can give it. Her offense is really believable, uh, especially the deathmatch offense. I don't know. I just, I, at some day, I would like to see her winning the king. I mean, she's she's that type. Hmm. I could just see her winning it. Um, I, I'd like to see her in QD. I, I think, you know, it's silly that DJ hasn't tried to bring her in. He's bringing it in. You know, he's bringing in outside talent, so Ludar couldn't, if it's a price, if it's a cost thing, Ludar couldn't cost more than, who's he, who's he got here from England, the Jimmy Havoc wrestler, and, you know, so it can't be more than that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he, for some yeah. reason he's not too too into Ludar, but I think she'd be great in Delaware. Um, but, sure. you know, she doesn't go on, but she did great. Mm-hmm. Next one was fans bring the weapons. Um, Marcus Crane, Aiden Blackheart. Uh, uh, let me see here. Dev and Dev, old timer Jeff King. I'm actually I'm I'm not so sure. I think I might have this match order. Uh, let me let me take a look at where I'm looking here. Yeah, I think I skipped one. Okay, so. We had log cabins of glass was the was the step, and I was shocked that you had Dev in this one. So anyway, forget what I said before because mm-hmm. I, I was reading the wrong results. But it was log okay. cabins of glass, and Dev was in there, which I was shocked. Uh, yeah, you know, he that he got Dev in, in a glass match. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Uh, but but it you know Dev Dev really went went all in, and um, he was in the match with old timer Jeff King. Jeff King is a trip. He he, he has a, a character 
he tries to roll with the old time nostalgic character. He does kind of the grunting, like Iron Mike Sharp, whoa, you know, and all that during the matches. Yeah. And he just takes a lot of punishment. He's not really imposing or anything, but he's he's awesome. Uh, and he, he takes some some major beating, boy. He was taking some serious back shots um, from from Dev, from Minutes Warner. Minutes Warner was in this match, too. The first fall was Dev pinned Jeff King. Second fall, Dev pinned Minutes Warner, got to the second round. Again, I just have to put over this guy. I mean, Minutes Warner just totally captured me with his with his entrance with uh, just just his look. I think he's got it. He's got that part. And I, I would expect the in ring is just gonna get better. And I I told Shaheen that and he was kinda surprised, you know, he kept saying, well, Really? Mance Warner? I saw him wrestle on the Kings of Crimson Mask or whatever and I just figured, well it's because I mean the in-ring isn't going to blow you away compared to anybody else. I mean, he's very, mm-hmm. very good, I think, but he's not a standout with the moves and offense he does, but where he stands out is when he comes to the ring, uh, you know, his, his music and, and just, the, you know, the overall feel you get when Mance Warner comes out. Kind of, you know, with those certain guys, you just, I can, you can feel when somebody special is coming to the ring and, and he's definitely definitely got it um, in, in the same way I feel about the Schlack you know, and I feel that way about Schlack Schlack just there's something about him he's got presence he's good in the ring no doubt he's awesome but even if he wasn't just he captures you even before he gets in there you know he's, he's got that that presence about him so I saw that with this guy too just phenomenal yeah. Um, okay. So the next one was it was called Great Great American Barbecue Death Match, which just by the sound of it, I was expecting some badass shit, and mm-hmm. it really wasn't quite. It kind of let down a little bit. I mean, um, but you know, Great American Barbecue, there was some of the stuff you'd expect. Well, as soon as I heard that stipulation, I'm expecting hot, some kind of hot coals or charcoal. Mm-hmm. Uh, some kind of fire, you know, I'm expecting Masada's got skewers or so, you know, I'm expecting some of those things. And there were. Um, this was uh, Death Wish, Brad Cash, Suicidal Beast, Brian Woods, and Masada, uh, and Ricky Shane Page in the ring here. And, um, and uh, you know, all good guys. It just didn't seem like it came together as good as you, you'd like. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of it, a lot of the match seemed to be centered around the watermelon. They they split this watermelon open, and somebody I don't remember who, and it's the whole the whole ring smelled like watermelon the whole rest of the show. Um, mm-hmm. There was watermelon everywhere, but but uh, but it, you know it was uh, the first fall. Brian Woods got Brad Cash. I I love Brad Cash. I think he's gotten uh, so much better. I saw him the first time at King last year. Uh, and I he, I was impressed with him then, but he was more of one where he just got beat up, whereas now mm-hmm. he he's more on the offensive, uh, and and he's gotten a little more confidence out there. You can tell, and and I, I definitely think that he you know he's going to make his name 
He'll be back up this way, I think. He came up here for Loudy. I think he'll be back up here. Somebody will grab him. Um, yeah. But then you had Masada. Masada beat Brian Woods. In this one, Masada put him into some hot coals. Um, and, man, this was rough. If you go on Facebook, you'll see it. Yeah, um, I saw the pictures. <laughs> yeah, burn the shit out of him. Burn the shit right out of him. And, and uh, you know, well, you'd figure. But it, it was something because when you put him down, it was a top rope powerbomb spot into the coal, the coal pit. And mm-hmm. you saw those fuckers just spark up, man, as soon as he hit it. They were live. They were hot as a motherfucker, man. But, yeah, it was... Uh, it was a, it was a pretty badass spot, but then Ricky Shane Page got in there and he took out Masada. So moving on was Ricky Shane Page into the 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 second round, mm-hmm. um, which was you know certainly something that you wanted to see happen. Um, the I, I want to say let me let me see here my I'm telling you my Twitter. Um, the results get all out of order, and sometimes so when I'm following them, sometimes they I, I get confused because they're out of out of the box. But uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the the one match I didn't bring I didn't bring up was fans bring the weapons, and I think that might have been out of order too because I think that might have been the second match. But this one was uh, Marcus Crane, Aiden Blackheart, mm-hmm. Dale Patrick's. Uh, which you know, Dale uh, is always impressive to me. I I, I enjoy seeing him out there. I, I think this match here, he he really got opened up good uh, because after the match, he came out for the second round with his head all taped up. Uh, Dale Patrick would eventually win the, the fans bring the weapons, but uh, in the first fall, you had Marcus Crane pinned Aiden Blackheart. Um, Aiden Blackheart's kind of a younger guy. He, you know, I I don't really know if he's been much outside of mid south at this point. Um, you know, I just kind of I saw him Prince of the Death last year, I want to say, um, and, and you know that was so so. He's gotten a lot better. I I enjoyed him this time. Um, I'm drawing a blank on who that fourth guy was in there, so I'm just googling mm-hmm. that that baby real quick. But uh, All right. yeah, I, some reason I couldn't find the results on that. But um, if you know, it seems like nobody posts the results but me sometimes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know there must there must be, but I I always see that I'm the only guy there with you know getting the phone out. It's kind of a pain in the ass because you know you wanna tune in and really watch these things. But oh, okay. So so the fourth guy in this match was Eric Ryan. Um, uh, correct okay, me if yeah. I'm wrong, Jay. Eric Ryan was in what faction OI4K. was he a part of? OI4K. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, he was with those guys, and um, he was the one that cut himself like really, really bad on the uh, yes tangled web match. Yes. He looked like he tried to scalp himself. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's fucking wild. I mean, yeah. He really went all out here, too. And uh, mm-hmm. the first fall, like I said, was Marcus pinned Aiden. And then you had uh, Patrick's pinning Eric Ryan. And then Patrick's pinning Marcus Crane. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I 
I, I really like Marcus Crane too. Uh, but you know, uh, Marcus Crane when he's when he's on his game, I, I really think he can go. And mm-hmm. he seemed he seemed on his game here. You know, he seemed straight and everything, clear headed. You know, at least until after the show, maybe. But but uh, right. You know, badass match. I mean, these these guys really went for it, and uh, and at some point, I think there was a guitar shot on Dale, and I don't think that they realized. It's Eric Ryan, I think, blasted him with this fucking guitar, and he hit him hard. And I don't think they realized that there were gussets all over the fucking guitar. I don't think they realized it. I think they expected it was just going to be one of those typical guitar shots where it blows up, you know? And mm-hmm. it didn't. It, it's pretty damn near scalped him. So Jeez. Dale, Ian, Ian put it over on the mic that Dale pretty much had a vagina opened up in his head. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was bad. You can see that on Facebook, too. I saw yeah, some pictures. Yeah, I, I didn't see pictures. it that night. I didn't even know he got caught like that, but... I did for when he came out for the second round. He had his his head wrapped up really tight, so mm-hmm. he was hurting. But uh, that was actually the second. You know, he let they let off the second round. It was barefoot, a barefoot gusset plates, tacks, and carpet strips match. Yeah, Murdoch and Dale, and uh, you know your favorite the barefoot match. Right? Yeah, I fucking hate that barefoot shit. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't the greatest, man, because, you know, there's only so much they can do. And, and you've said this to me before, and it's so true that you could have the greatest workers in the world in there. Barefoot's going to slow you down a little bit. Yeah. And it did. It did slow it down with this, and there's only so much you can do. But there was a lot of crazy shit. I mean, they were taking the gusset plates and putting them between their toes and shit. Oh, it was That's nasty. gross, dude. I'm just not into it. It, it was nasty, bro. It was nasty. Uh, but... Ugh. But Murdoch got the win though, and so you got you got your your defending champion in the finals. Mm-hmm. And it could have gone the other way. I felt with that one, you didn't know. You really didn't know who was going to take it. The other match was, and this was where I sh- I should have mentioned I didn't. When Ian first came out and said, "Let's go, let's get the tournament going," he said, he dedicated the whole tournament to the Wax Packer Kevin Hope, nice. uh, which was a a real special moment, and he said, you know, these guys are going to come out and bust their fucking ass for Kevin Hogan tonight. And uh, and he even made the semifinal, and I know I know our boy Kev was smiling. They made the final his match. The semifinal was Packer Hogan's Box of Death match, and it was <laughs> RSP and Dev. Yeah, it was, it was cool, man. It was cool. And they really did it up good, um, RSP and Dev. And, uh, they had everything you'd expect for Hogan. They've tried to do similar things up here, but I really hadn't seen it come together as well as it was here. Ian really wanted to do special tribute to him. I mean, he even was asking me to get it, you know, telling me, okay, I need you to take charge of making sure this shit's right for the box and everything that he's going to have. And it was, it was, you know, everything you'd expect with Hogan, the pizza cutters and the, the muffins and the grill lighter and all that, and they used yeah. it all. Uh, they, nice. they they wound up incorporating it all, and it was it was a cool match. And uh, she's greater. RSP won, but Dev, man, both both guys had the Muffin Club T-shirts on, and uh, you know it was it was it was pretty pretty special. I mean, 
if you would have asked me before the show, okay, do you think Devin Moore is going to go to the semifinals? I would have said, no way, but I enjoyed seeing him. I, I really feel like he, like I said to you before, I mean, I feel like there's something special. He's going, he, he, he has a, another gear in him that he uses for Ian a little bit, seemed like hmm. to me. And I've I've always liked his match to the King. I liked his match at 2015 with with Murdoch. Yeah. Know, I remember when they did the destroyer off the off the scaffold. Scaffold. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, you know, that was pretty Ian bad. and Devin have a good connection, and uh, I think they right. have a really good mutual respect for each other, and they're willing to go you know extra lengths for each other, which is great. Exactly. They're yeah, actually yeah, exactly. um going to be teaming up because uh, they're doing the double right. death. And uh, yep. it was going to be Schlack, but I guess Schlack uh, double booked himself, so now it's going to be yep. Ian and um, Dev. Uh, shit, he dropped. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the double death tournament. Uh, double, yeah, I think it's a double death tournament. It's uh, Ian Rotten and Devin. It was initially going to be Devin and Schlack, and uh, something, I guess, happened with Schlack where he double booked himself and... Uh, but that's going to be a pretty crazy fucking tournament. I got to wait for Jeremy to call back in because uh, he dropped off there. Uh, let's see what happens. Hopefully, I, I don't know what goes on sometimes. Uh, sometimes random shit happens. The world of podcasting. Uh, where did he go? All right. Well, uh... Just gonna, just gonna wait. And there he is. Let me see. All right. Yo, you there? Hey, man. Sorry about that. I, I think I hit it, hit it with my ear or something on there. My cheek uh, okay. on accident. Yeah. Oh, my bad. But I, I was just saying that it's a shame about Slack because uh, I even asked Ian about him, and Ian said, yeah, he was excited about him coming back in for double deaths and. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, Schlack is a straight shooting dude. If uh, mm-hmm. he said he double booked himself, I I believe that 100%. You know, I'm sure it was yeah. just an innocent thing. But Schlack, Schlack wants to go back. And he wants sure. to go back down there. So, yeah. and uh, people love him. I mean, I, everybody I was mentioning to, everybody I was mentioning him to, they, you know, they love him. The ones that saw him at Kings of the Crimson Mask and stuff, how could you not? Right. So, Dude's a uh, a killer. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly what you want. But the finals uh, was next. The setup for this was long because it was House of Horrors. And as Ian came out and said on the mic, now uh, Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt was that who was in the WWE one? Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. Am I right on that? I, I, I think make so. Sure I'm not wrong. I yeah, don't watch it that often. So. Exactly. Exactly. But. You know, he's, Ian just said, now we're going to show you how a real fucking House of Horrors match goes. And they they had, it was a, it was a structure. It wasn't, to me, the 2015 one, I'll never, I'll never see something like that. I mean, that, that was a spectacle, man. Right. Um, when we walked out of that, we, when we were standing in that little building and we walked out and I just, just saw that there uh, with the lights shining on there or whatever, man, that was awesome. Um, yeah, but this was similar. You know, this was similar. They they really had uh, a really, really thick net of barbed wire, and then they had tubes everywhere. 
tons of fucking tubes. Uh, and, you know, his RSP and RSP and John Wayne Murdoch, um, you know, this was everything you expect, especially if you saw the Kings of the Crimson Mask show. You know these guys would tear the fuck out of each other, and they did. There was a scary spot at one point where Ricky cut up his arm on something, and he was gushing blood. I mean, it was a bad cut, similar to a Sabu from the Born to be Wired in 97. And he had to get oh, it taped up right on the spot. But Ricky mm-hmm. was Ricky was a mess. You can see pictures of him online too. Um, but they both they, they they went for it, man, with the tubes, the glass. Uh it was just amazing the amount of glass in this one and you know, RSP's your winner, man. Now now you got RSP. We we've been talking about the two badass tournaments that there are, the legends. Well, RSP won them both. He joins mm-hmm. Matt Tremont, um, you know, as, as a winner of both of those. And, uh, you know, can't say that he didn't deserve it. RSP went, went balls to the wall this time. Um, yeah. You know, didn't even didn't even hold back. And then after the match, Ian came out, did his usual with the king and, you know, talking to – but he put them both over. He said, uh, he said to John Wayne Murdoch, Damian Payne, you've come a long way. Because that's that's what that's what we started as Damian Payne, right? Yeah, yeah. And he told Ricky, "I've wanted you to come here for a long time, and now that you're here, I hope you are here for a long time to come." And I'm mm-hmm. sure you will be. I'm sure because that's man. I I sometimes wonder with Ricky Shane Page if he ever really envisioned himself doing what he does, because he's he's really a fantastic deathmatch wrestler and the level of blood that he, the level of just scars and beating he takes, he, he really is something. I, I sometimes I think to myself, I wonder if he really thought that he would ever be so hardcore into the deathmatches or, or if that's what he wanted to do. I'm not so sure, but he's in there now. There's really no backing out. But uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is a dude that, you know, when I first started hearing his name and, you know, he came into um, Tournament of Death, he had been wrestling a while before that, I believe. And I just kind of heard his name here and there, but I never heard him as like a deathmatch standout guy. And he came in and just exactly. tore it up with Danny and then, uh, you know, came back time and time again, and just kept tearing it up with Danny. Danny was hitting him with fucking dragon suplexes through fucking glass oh, yeah. panes and shit, like crazy oh, yeah. ass bumps. And then, yeah. um, you know, going forward to when he won Tournament of Death last year and he just almost cut his fucking face off. Like, I mean, oh yeah, insane. Yeah. Like, definitely not a mild deathmatch, you know, wrestler as far as the amount of abuse not he at takes. All. He fucking not shreds himself. Yes, uh, that's, that's exactly the kind of wording that I was trying to come up with. I mean, he fucking shreds himself. And, yeah, he's phenomenal and... There's no way you can watch a match like that and not have major respect. To me, their their King of the Crimson Mask match was great too. This wasn't this didn't blow that away or anything, but it I think it was still better. And plus mm-hmm. because it was so much more of a big stage and right. you didn't really know because you had the defending champion and you know Ian likes Ian likes the the intrigue of making you wonder so when it, when it came down, you, 
of course, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, Murdoch, Murdoch's his guy. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him go over again. But you had RSP who, you know, he's hot right now. Oh, and by the way, this is uh, something I I can't fucking stand is how DJ, I, I would wonder if they've ever said on the mic that RSP is the TOD winner. And I hear it more at Mid-South than I ever hear it anywhere. I mean, Ian yeah. must put that shit over on the mic over and over again that he was the tournament of death winner. Yeah. Why would you not? You know, I why pointed you that out last over? year or two years ago or something, and it's yeah. been consistent, too. They don't even acknowledge yeah. it. They do the tournament of death, and they really don't sell that that fucking guy it went to the limits yeah. in deathmatch wrestling and, and won. What is arguably, you know, there's a lot of times where people call TOD the bigger tournament than King of the Death. I mean, Ian sure. will always sure, sure. disagree with you, but there's times where <laughs> sure. tournament of death, hey, again, they put a thousand fucking right. people in that crowd, you know? Oh, so yeah. when it comes down to it, it has an argument. Um, so yes, there is an argument. Oh, yes. But when you, you know, you do that and then you just, the, the very next month completely don't acknowledge that it existed or, or even I don't push that guy or, or pretend like he holds some kind of title for Christ's sakes. Yeah. yeah. It just always it, boggles it's my absolutely mind. asinine. It's asinine, bro. I mean, you know, that should be tournament of death winner, man, for CZW. That should be, that should elevate the motherfucker to right the top of the card. And you still got RSP. He's booking RSP in opportunity matches every month. <laughs> yeah. Drives DJ books tournament of death like it's like it's Vegas, and then you know what happens in Vegas right. stays in Vegas. So as soon as yeah, what happens as soon as they're outside of COD, they're like yep. never heard of it. <laughs> just talking. It's right. It's right. Who told you that? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but so you know, uh, RSP come down and, and that you know all the time. This is. This is the winner of Tournament of Death, and I mean that holds a lot of weight, man. This is TOD. Mm-hmm. This is that's that's the pinnacle of deathmatch wrestling in in the states. So yep. I, mean, I I I think that Ian. Oh, that just shows right there that Ian might have an ego for his company, and well, he should. But yeah. he doesn't have too big of an ego to make himself stupid. Because, I mean, why would you not sell that? You got in your ring the winner of Tournament of Death. This is kind of a big deal. You know, and I just, I think it's it's silly that DJ doesn't capitalize on that. And the same way with the reverse. I mean, now RSP's coming back home, the king of the fucking death matches. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? Why can't you... Why, why yeah. wouldn't you make a big deal out of that? But I don't know. Man. I I could complain all day, but you know, it, yeah, we I I had so much fun, man, and uh, you know, I appreciate you having me on because I I enjoy talking about this and especially at this one because uh, I just and I I just fell way in love with Mid South, man. I had a ball. This was shit. You know, if I lived down there, I'd be I'd be at every one of those Jeffersonville shows. Even though it's mm-hmm. a small building with a hot crowd, it's hot in there and shit. But just 
everybody has some passion. You see that there, and to me, that that that's the spirit. I I feel like IWA Mid South has the spirit of independent wrestling still, and I I saw that you know there being live at a, at a show. I mean, King of the Death is one thing, but that's all I've ever been to live. I've never been to just a regular IWA Mid South weekly show, and now I got right. a couple of them and. I feel like they, they really do capture the spirit of it that some of these guys tend to lose, uh, you know, as they go. But they, they definitely have love for it. I think, it, and a lot of it trickles from Ian. I know it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. So, yeah, again, yeah. thanks for having me on, man. I know we we talked for a long time about it, but it was bad. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. man, I... Yeah, I appreciate you coming on and giving us all the rundown. As you said, there weren't really that many fans that experienced what you did, unfortunately. So, you know, it's good to hear no. first around, you know, firsthand account of uh, the things that have went down over the weekend. Yeah, man, I I appreciate it. I hope you're listening and someone enjoyed it, man. It, it, you know, I hope I hope I showed them how how much uh, I enjoyed it. Because it was it was great, and and I I suggest anybody. I mean, it is a badass drive, as you can attest. But I would sure. suggest doing it at least one time, you know, because yeah. it's an experience. You know, it really is. Yeah, yeah. I have no so, patience, and but, if I could do it once, then anyone else can. So everybody get on the exactly, fucking. Exactly, man. Exactly, and I I think I think when you did make it, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you down there again, man. I'm gonna have yeah, to well. time, but but uh. The, this one, the, the one we went to, the 2015. I mean, that that was quite possibly one of the last two two night tournaments you'll see. Yeah, uh, and man, and, we got we got some shit there. And we got kind of, you know, I mean, it really was barely a two night tournament because you know the fucking torrential downpours. You got a couple matches in, and they called the night. And then that's true. They just kind of jammed that. it all into day two. That's true. That's true. I forgot yeah. about that. They had to cut yeah. off because of the rain the first night. And yeah. it was like the but equivalent the... of three shows in the second day because you had the majority yeah. of the round one that was left and then Queen yeah. and then what would have been day All two. All right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I just remember, just for for your listeners, if you, I know you said it back then, but the funniest thing was how on the ride back – we were all talking, and our voices sounded like uh, friggin' frogs. I mean, we, we could barely even talk about oh, yeah. the whisper because, you know, you, you couldn't help but get caught up in that, man. We were screaming, but it, it was that, – that was special. But uh, they always are, man. Ian, Ian brings it for King, no doubt. Yeah, man. But, yeah, it was awesome, man. So, um, but yeah, thanks again yeah. for coming on, man. This is a great, uh, you know, bonus show to throw at everybody, and uh, I hope everybody enjoyed it. And you know, like you know, awesome. definitely have you back on in the future and review and recap some other stuff because you're the one attending shit, man. I don't attend a fucking thing anymore. <laughs> That's true, man. Keep my brother, and I, you know, keep up the keep up the badass work, man. Yeah, although you've been doing more yakuza's and stuff lately, you got the, you got the, uh, you did one show there last night. Now tonight, now the you'll do one on Sunday. You're stepping it yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, man. I, 
apologize. I'm giving you more shows to have to recap, but uh, you know, I appreciate. <laughs> it's all good, man. I got one that'll be coming in a minute. So to all your listeners, you know, as soon as I got a phone with you, I just got to put the finishing touches and post on Facebook um, one of your last shows where I thought it was very good. You talked about you talked about the uh, Spartan. Spartan race you just did, and yeah. uh, you got a chance to really kind of answer some listener questions. It was good, so I'll be I'll be putting that up soon. I it's I titled it "Crawling Under Barbed Wire." So, you know, <laughs> cool, man. listeners, tune in. You, you already got a good number of listeners to it already. I checked that out online, so you know, hopefully, awesome, man. People that didn't tune in should continue. So, yeah, man, it's it's always appreciated. Uh, the uh, reviews wouldn't be or the recaps wouldn't be the same without you so it's it's always very much appreciated oh man you know i you know i i love the, i love the show man i love the show from day one so yeah you know keep tuning in anybody that's listening that's a new kind of listener i won't go uh full shaheen on you and plug everything but uh you know tune in man yakuza kick radio and, and also think listeners gotta check out the archives i mean i know J-Cat's not going to put himself over, but you got to get in the archives. I, you know, I went through them all, listened to them all. He's got some, some badass shit in there. And pretty much anybody who's anybody that's been ever been, you know, in Deathmatch, uh, a name in Deathmatch Wrestling or even to a large extent on the indies, he's they've been right there on Yakuza Kick Radio. So, so uh, get in those archives, man. Look around. Keep around. Yeah, I I gotta agree. Uh, and uh, you know, the yeah, thing is, and even even not on the side of putting myself over or anything like that. You know, I've been doing this shit for sure. fucking I don't know, six years or something. And the yeah, amount of yeah. mess that I was as far as an alcoholic goes, even to go back as and listen to those shows where I was fucking yeah. house. I mean, you're never gonna hear yeah, that type I of J Cat again. So I know, you know, it's true. It's entertainment true. wise, there's a lot out there for you. <laughs> That's true, man. Yeah, some of them uh, you 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 know you find a way through it though. Uh, surprisingly, <laughs> you find a way to get through the interview, you know. But uh, but yeah, fans will be entertained, man. And there, there's some good shit in there. And anybody who's been anybody, I'm telling you, so check it out. But keep up the good work, J.K. Thanks for having me on, man. Anytime, bro. All, All right, right, man. I'll talk Have to you later. Night. All right, you too. See ya. So there you go There was Jeremy My dog is rolling around on the floor Making crazy fucking noises If you hear some shit in the background That doesn't sound human It's not Alright um, I'll check you motherfuckers out on Sunday With uh, Shaheen So we'll be doing that thing Alright uh, Check out Hot Tag Podcast Sports Den The whole shit Alright Peace Talk to y'all later Have a nice night Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be.
you need people like me. I'll listen to your to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say that's the bad guy. So what I make you good? Like Jesus tell me tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people and I'm like, well I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide it. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. The Jews are just radio. Jesus! The sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something, self, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness.